welcome to the Negative Positives Podcast, episode 365. I'm your host, Mike Gutterman, coming to you from the Gutterman Cave in a sultry Louisville, Kentucky. And I'm just going to have to apologize here. I've got some fans going on in the background. You might hear a little fan noise. So, you know, my usual, just, uh, I mean, just super quality professional standards may be a little lower this time. I was going to turn the fans off while I record, but it's just so hot in here. I just, uh, I just didn't have the, I didn't have. (laughs) Didn't have the guts to do it, you know. And uh, and besides, I got I got Greta, the Gutterman Cave cat mascot, in here, and she would not like it if I turned the fans off because she's currently sleeping in front of one of them. So, <laughs> but uh, so hopefully you guys can put up with a little little fan noise in the background, yeah. Because you know I will not complain about hot weather. I'm ha- very happy that it's hot. I never complain about it. I hate the cold weather. So I, I'm 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 super happy that I'm in here sweating with fans blowing on me. Makes it really just 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 the be- it's the best time of year. But um, so uh, just a little apology there on this listener interaction show, a little solo show. Uh, and so let's just uh, dive right in here. Uh, I've got some a couple emails here. Uh, first one comes from Aaron Alfano, and he just simply says, name for negative positives film. Here's the name for your hand road film. Nice, nice. <laughs> From Aaron Alfano. Well, uh, well thank you, Aaron. Uh, that's uh, that I that idea is nice, nice. And uh, so, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah uh, so we're still uh, looking for names for our, our uh, upcoming hand road film. Hopefully, to be out sometime this year. And uh, uh, it's uh, <laughs> we got to test it and, and hand roll it into cartridges and all that stuff, and and hopefully get some sort of a sticker to put on there that'll be funny. We're still looking for a name for it. Uh, nice, nice is a contender, obviously. But uh, I got quite a few people that have sent me some some names, uh, possible names for the uh, the film. Uh, and <laughs> uh, let's see, Robert Lena sent me some. A bunch of people did. I, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head here. But uh, and yeah, some some really good suggestions. There's a couple of threads on the on the negative positives facebook group where people have tried to come up with names for this uh this negative positives exclusive ilford motion picture film that we want to uh get in your all's uh uh your 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 all's grimy little hands and uh i don't know maybe you have big hands and maybe your hands are clean i don't know but either way we want to get it in your hands uh so yeah we're looking for for names and a lot of people have got some good stuff out there so if you happen to have any ideas for uh names for our our hand road film upcoming hand road film uh, providing that we test it and, and manage to get decent uh, results out of it. Uh, yeah, there's Facebook threads, or you can send us an email with your uh, suggestions, or I've even had some direct messages on Facebook or through Instagram with a lot of good uh, suggestions on that as well. And before I move on to some other emails, I just I wanted to make a point, too, that um, speaking of film, Mr. Stephen Dowling from Cosmo Photo has a Kickstarter going for a new film that he's coming out with. Um this film is going to be called Agent Shadow, 35mm uh, black and white film. It's a 400 speed film, and he has a Kickstarter going now to uh, to get in on this, and it looks like it's already been quite, quite successful, and I believe in that Kickstarter you can get a graphic novel uh, called The 36 Frames, and the whole, uh, <laughs> if you know anything about Stephen Dowling and Cosmo Photo, as you might expect, the packaging... The marketing is just uh, awesome. Like uh, he does a great job with that, and uh, I think all the film companies should just hire Stephen Dowling to uh, design their packaging. Because uh, as you might expect from Cosmo Photo, the the boxes, uh, even if the film was horrible, and I'm sure it won't be. I'm sure it'll be fantastic. Uh, the box is worth the price of admission. So, <laughs> but uh, so I will have the link, the length, the link to his uh, Kickstarter in the show notes for the show. Yeah, I'm sure you could also just uh, search Kickstarter uh, Cosmo Photo and it would show uh, pop up. But I'll have the link in the show notes here so you guys can just click on it and uh, reserve you a, a row and a, and a, a row, a roll, sorry, <laughs> of, of this new uh, uh, this very uh, spy-themed uh, packaged film. And uh, so, uh, uh, yeah, so there you go. Uh, uh, congrats to uh, Stephen uh, for bringing out another um, really, really cool product of the film community, and uh, I think it's uh, uh, super cool. Okay, uh, let's get back to emails here. Uh, my phone just closed on me here, so here we go. Um, all right, next email comes from uh, Mr. Matt Bump. Uh, he just titles it Ford. <laughs> he says, uh, I thought you might need a new Ford vehicle. Uh, and he sends me a picture. <laughs> And this is a, uh, a a big work truck, a big Ford work truck, 
uh, and uh, you know, uh, on the on the side of the truck and in the trailer portion of it, uh, it says the gutter man, uh, <laughs> seamless aluminum. Uh, but <laughs> I, I very much enjoyed that that photo. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Matt, for sending that to me. Uh, it makes me wonder why uh, my ancestors, when they moved to America, why they just didn't stay with Guterman and went with gutter man but that's what they decided and this is what what I, what I deal with i've heard uh, these gutter jokes my entire life and uh <laughs> maybe i should have went into the gutter business right i've got the name for it so uh but very very cool thank you matt for sending me that uh i really really enjoyed it. i love the fact that the guy was driving a ford truck because if he wasn't then i would have to uh i would have to disown him as a as a, as a true gutter man so uh <laughs> but there you go all right next up we have a um an email from Malcolm Myers, and it's it's uh, it's titled Roundtable Discussion Topic, and uh, he was giving me an idea for the next uh, Roundtable Discussions, and a lot of people seem to like those episodes. We're about five episodes away from the next one, and it's a really good it's a really good uh, really good subject matter. Uh, and the reason I'm going to read this email is because I I would I would like for other people to think about this as well, and I even challenged uh, Malcolm uh, since he asked it uh, or brought it up. To uh, send in a call-in with his thoughts on it, but I would love to get call-ins on on your thoughts on this particular subject because I think it's one that we all will deal with in our photography journey. Uh, but let, let's go ahead and read his email, and you'll know what I'm talking about here. This is from Malcolm Myers. He says, "Hi, Mike. Just an idea for a topic on your next round table. What do we do with our legacy? In other words, what will happen to all our photos and negatives when we are gone? Will our descendants descendants want our negatives? Will they even know what to do with them?" Will they be able to retrieve images from our hard drives or from the cloud 20, 10, or even five years after we're gone? Should we be curating our own work so that such an arduous job is not left to our children? If I make an album of my kids, which one gets it when I'm gone? If they, if they have two kids each, then who gets it? How long will my legacy last? They might care about our shots of them, but will they care about our art shots? Uh, whilst I have no plans to shuffle off this mortal coil <laughs> anytime soon, I've started making albums of my kids growing up so that if all my electronic records die there, uh, die, there will be something tangible for them to remind of them, uh, to remind of them of their growing up. I'm just curious to know what you all think about this regards, Malcolm. Well, thank you, Malcolm, man. That's, uh, uh, something that I've struggled with a lot. You know, I was big on making photo albums and uh, making sure I scan uh, all the all the prints in the photo albums and having like both digital and analog archives for uh, future generations. And you know, I'm just not really sure how much my my sons will care about all this when I'm gone. <clears throat> Excuse me, when I'm gone. But I do think I'm glad that they'll be there and they can choose whether they care about them or not uh but yeah it's weird because we take all these photos uh, like my artsy fartsy shots i know when i get off this <laughs> when i uh, uh shuffle off this mortal coil as malcolm says i'm sure those will die and linger on hard drives and in negative binders and that's about the last uh anyone will ever see of those but as far as the family shots which are the important things um you know, I hope hopefully my, my sons or somebody will want to pass those on. I think they will. I, honestly, I think uh, photo albums are the best uh, possible thing because it doesn't take anything to read them. It's just a photo album you can just hand to the next generation, and they can hopefully take care of them. And uh, I don't know. It's it's a tough question, but um, I guess we won't be around to worry about what happens. But I do want to think that I've got some sort of plan to pass on these memories to future generations of my family. So, uh, but I would love, again, it's a great subject, Malcolm, and it's something I'm definitely going to bring up on the next um, uh, round table, because I think it's just an awesome subject. But uh, I do want to, th uh, you know, challenge anyone else listening. What's your thoughts on it? If you could send a, a call in, maybe a little change of pace from calling camera reviews and all that stuff about your thoughts on it. I think it'd be a good subject. I'd like to hear from people in the community about uh, about what, what their plans are for uh, future generations and how your photography may or may not survive after you uh, stop surviving. So there you go. Uh, okay, and let's see what this. Um, speaking of call-ins. Uh, I've gotten, I've, uh, you know, I made a call out for call-ins. I think on the last solo show, say I was getting a little low on them, and and, and you guys have kind of come through with flying colors. I've got uh, quite a few new call-ins uh, in, in the stockpile now. That doesn't mean you can't send one in. I just always put them in the queue. Everything gets played. It'll get played when it when it, when its turn comes. Uh, but I recently got some call-ins from uh, Mario Piper, 
uh, from uh, the Gen X Photography Podcast. And uh, Mario's actually been doing some interviews lately, so he's taken his uh, podcast to another level, and uh, really happy to, to see that. So if you're not checking out the Gen X Photography Podcast, definitely check out Mario and what he's doing over there. Uh, but I got a call-in from him. I got two call-ins from Bill Smith from the Classic Camera Revival. I hadn't heard a call-in from Bill for a while, so I was happy to get that. Uh, Mr. John Michael Mendeza sent me one, and I actually have a one that he sent me earlier uh, a couple months ago uh, we sh- uh, in this episode. So I got another one from John Michael. Uh, and I got uh, one from uh, t- uh, Tom Northenskold. And uh, hopefully I got your name there right. Nor northern scold yeah tom northern scold and uh, i think he's up in uh, minneapolis and uh, he sent me a, a call in it's first i've heard from tom uh, as one of our uh, first interaction i've had with him so it's good to see uh, a new voice coming in on the call-ins and uh, so uh, very very cool just uh yeah just super excited about that and so let's see here what else do we have um i think that's it for the segment i think we can go ahead and get to uh roxana's um next interview uh, of course Roxana has been uh, doing uh, interviews with uh, women photographers in the film community and this is uh, no different uh, this is I think the second to last one I think we only have one more for her, from her she is uh, on vacation now from school uh, the school this is out for summer so I believe Roxana will be joining us on some episodes uh, again so it'll be great to have her back on the uh, uh, in the in the in, in the in the co-captains uh, chairs um, I think we're just going to keep uh, Jess Jones and, and have Roxanne and just have four four captains of this ship. You know, uh, it's uh, <laughs> it's uh, this ship could use as many captains as possible because it, it it tends to sell uh, <laughs> to the wrong places sometimes. So, but uh, all right. So yeah, Roxanna uh, is with continuing her women photographer and uh, women film photographer in our community series of interviews. Uh, this time it's going to be with uh, Morgan Messner. So we're going to listen to that interview right after this little break here. So uh, we'll take a break and be right back, folks. Listeners, it's Roxana here bringing yet another segment where we highlight uh, female film photographers in our community. We empower each other. And I just am so excited for today's guest. Um, But before I begin, it is seriously almost 90 degrees here in Palm Desert. It is January. What is going on? I have no idea, but it is hot all over again. Um, So no sweaters today, tank tops. And uh, I don't know uh, where my guest is from, but I will be asking soon. But today's photographer is uh, so uh, talented. She has this Wes Anderson symmetry. It's cinematic, and I can't wait for you to meet her. Her name is Morgan Messner. How are you doing today, Morgan? Hi, I'm doing well. Thank you. So where are you from? I am from La La Land, the city of angels, Los Angeles, California. Oh, nice. Our other co-host, Andre, is exactly from L.A. as well. Is it just as hot there? It is very (laughs) hot today, yes. (laughs) I'm like, what is the deal with 88 degrees? I don't know. (laughs) We're pushing 90 over here, actually, so... That's crazy. Seriously. So, your work is beautiful, like I said, you have your colors and your symmetry. One of my favorite, one of my favorite filmmakers is Wes Anderson, and you seem to channel that in your work. It's just beautiful. How did you even start? How did you even get into film photography? Into film photography? Well, I had been shooting digitally, digitally since my sophomore year in college. Um, nothing serious, but I was trying to, to up my photographic game, I guess. And I felt that there was this immense pressure to upgrade my my gear every year. 
Um, it feels like you're expected to sort of have like the latest camera model in the digital photography realm. Um, so I stopped shooting actually, because at that point I felt like I was becoming more obsessed with, with the gear itself rather than, than making images. Um, so shortly after graduating college, I, I was helping my dad clean out his attic and I came across some unexposed uh, rolls of Kodak gold. They were still in the package. Um, so instinctively I lose my mind and I'm like, is this still a thing? Can I still, can I still, you know, run these through a camera? And um, after a quick internet search, you know, I, I realized that yes, that film photography is still a thing. And I just instantly became enamored with the idea that that I could make beautiful images with with old cameras, you know, nothing technical. Um, and and then you know, I picked up a camera shortly after, and and that's how I got into film. Oh my gosh, what a cool story to. Find the treasure of unexposed film and feel that inspiration. How cool. So what was your first camera back? What did you throw the film into? I threw the film into a Canon AE-1 program. The cliche of all cliches. Are you kidding me? That's my favorite camera. So I am obsessed with that exact camera. That's my, that is my camera. <laughs> I love, yeah, I love it. It's, it, I still have it actually. So um, yeah. I love, I love, love it. Yes. The Canon AE-1. Absolutely. It is the classic it is cliche, but it's so good. <laughs> so, uh, and uh, and do you still use your Canon? What's your What's your camera right now? Like, what's your go to? My go to right now is actually um, it's a toss up between the the Hasselblad uh, for medium format and um, my Minolta X seven hundred. I have a forty five millimeter lens on the X seven hundred. And I'm just in love with that focal length right now. Um, so, so that's what I've been using. But yes, I, I, I still do have the, the Canon and I do use it from time to time. Nice. And what's your favorite film to go with those cameras? Um, if it's So if I'm shooting um, 35 millimeter uh, pro image, uh, mm -hmm. I love me some pro image. And if I'm shooting uh, medium format, Portra 160. Nice. Those are some awesome film choices. I just literally bought some more pro image the other day and uh, you just can't beat the price. It's such good quality and you cannot beat that price. I love it. For sure. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so, and you started then mainly in digital and, and that brings me kind of to my question. Now you got, you found this, this film, you started shooting it and we do live in a digital world. So why do you shoot film whenever, you know, while amongst the digital? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so aside from not feeling the pressure to have, you know, a very fancy camera, I, I, I also don't like to feel tied down or, or boggled um, in terms of, of my ability to create. Um, and I feel like with digital, you know, you always have to make sure that you have an SD card on you or multiple SD cards on you, chargers. You, you need to make sure that, you know, your camera is, is, is is okay is protected from the elements you know um but with with film i feel like you don't really need to charge your camera right you can just throw a, a roll of film and and you're good to go if you know if the camera doesn't have a battery that's great you know just sunny 16 it and, and and you'll be okay you don't need you don't need anything to sort of operate the camera um and that's what i like i i, I like to to know that my ability to create isn't um, dependent on, you know, technology, if that makes sense. Yep. Yep. And, you know, that's that's the nice thing about the Hasselblad that you do have. Or I don't know if you have the same. I The one I had was completely, uh, you know, mechanical. There's no battery. It's like, you know, you can just pick it up and you don't have to worry about anything. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I love about it. Mm -hmm. My Roloflex is like that too. And there's just something so nice about that. It's just like, you know, it's going to work. You can take it anywhere and there you go. And so, you know, it's a process shooting film. 
like, do you develop your own film or do you send it out? Yeah, I, I develop my, my own film. Yeah. Nice. What's your favorite part about the whole film process from like beginning to end? What would you say is like your like what lights you up? Um, honestly, developing the film because it, it is very therapeutic. It's something that I do look forward to um, and I can experiment with that. Um, changing temperatures. I know maybe, you know, people who are very OCD about their, their C41 process um, are going to cringe when they hear this. But, um, you know, I like to experiment with, with the chemistry and see what I can get. I like to push my chemistry. Sometimes I've lost more roles than I can count because of that. <laughs> but it's fun, you know, sometimes you get these quirky colors. Um and, and I love that because we we can control that. Sure, people can argue and say, well, you can do that in post. Um, but yeah, but there's just something that really satisfies me about knowing that I can do that with, with my chemicals, you know? Yeah. Now, I have, this is the first time I've really heard of anybody really playing around with like the chemicals to achieve a more, you know, to get different colors. And I am, am totally inspired. So what, what have you done? Like, do you go colder? Do you go hotter? Like what, what sort of thing have you tried? So I've done hotter for sure. Um, mm -hmm. um, colder, not great results for obvious reasons. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes nothing came out. Oh. But when you go cold, when you go hotter, um, it just produces these more, I guess, intense, quirky, more saturated colors. Mm -hmm. um, so I do like to do do that. But but don't do cold, please. Don't don't do cold. <laughs> <laughs> Good to hear. Good to know. Do not do colder. <laughs> Do you like other experimental, like, you know, I, I love like different alternative processes and experimentation and things. Is there anything that you do in film that's also um, other than with the chemicals experimental? Um, not so much. I mean, aside from like double exposures, would, would, mm -hmm. that, count, would that count as experimental? Absolutely. Absolutely. I so what I like to do is I'll I'll shoot a roll on my end and then I'll I'll hand it over to a friend. Nice. So you do film swaps. That's oh, fun. Uh -huh. So when you do a film swap, do you are you like is it all a mystery or does do you shoot a certain like horizontal and be like okay everything's on here horizontal or is it just like do what you will? <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, so I tell them you know I I shot this is what you can expect. It's either, you know, pictures at the beach, pictures, you know, at the park, you know, what, whatever, what, 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 what they can expect. And then I'm like, everything is horizontal. I primarily shoot horizontally. Mm -hmm. um, so, so they know going in. Um, but I also um, mark a line on the film where, where it started. So our frames can sort of add up or, or line up. Um, mm -hmm. Cause I'm sure, you know, if, if you don't do that properly, um, your frames are just cut down the middle. Yes, I, I've done that even in my own double exposures, just whenever I go through a whole roll and I I don't even know how to cut them sometimes. <laughs> it's, a, it's a headache. It's a pain to, to scan because obviously, you know, if I develop, I also scan my own work. So it's, it's really a headache to scan um, when you mess up. <laughs> Yes, it's it is hard. Or sometimes I try and scan different pieces of it and see where it kind of can make something cool. It's so hard when you don't line it up. And I've been guilty of that so many times, so many times. Um, but so who has been an inspiration to you and your work? Um, so for my work, not really, not really. I mean, my work, like I said, is not, is very Wes Anderson, right? Yeah. A photographer that really does inspire me. Um, she's a portrait photographer, Rosie Matheson. I hope I'm pronouncing her, her last name correctly. Mm -hmm. um, Rosie, I, I don't know. There's just something about the way that she's able to capture the essence of a person that I greatly admire. And I, 
as you know, I don't really uh, photograph people, but that is something that I would like to do um, this year. Um, so she's sort of, she's been my inspiration to, to sort of go out there and do that. Mm-hmm. Do you know of her work? I don't. I'm going to have to look it up and uh, and look at what her stuff is. It sounds I love portraits and um, I gravitate to that also. Um, but I can't wait to see what she does. Yeah, she's she's really great. I think she recently put out a, a zine, her boys zine, mm-hmm. um, where she just captures, you know, the, the most beautiful portraits of the most beautiful individuals it's it's really her her work is really really great you should definitely check her out I will have you ever thought about making a zine have I thought of making a zine oh uh, (laughs) um I've thought of making a scene yes but but nothing nothing too serious right now (laughs) not yet I know and I I see on your thing I don't know if you have started it or not but maybe a future podcaster are you already podcasting future podcaster for sure (laughs) (laughs) what are your what tell me about it because I am so curious I message you I'm like where's your podcast I want I want to know what this is all about (laughs) every so for those who who don't know I do these uh, little spoof intros of my podcast quote-unquote uh called fit with film um and I've been doing them for a while now and it it all just started as as a joke you know where where it's like, oh, let, let me see, let me see how I can sort of like make some film jokes with like a podcast intro. Um, and then I just started posting them, you know, not expecting anything. And then it sort of became a thing on my account and, and people really do look forward to it. And I, I get messages every Friday because I post them every Friday. I'll start with Happy Friday Film Weenies, right? Um and everybody is always like, where can I find your podcast? Where can I find your podcast? And and that sort of like is is making me think that maybe I should start a part podcast. You know, it, it all just started as a joke, but everybody's been so receptive. So I'm like, hmm, maybe there is some interest here. <laughs> I think that we need some more, um, you know, female voices in the podcast land. I think that that should be a definite for you, Morgan. <laughs> I know. I, I will. I will. I have a lot of friends that are like, I'll help you record. I'll I'll be a guest on your podcast. You don't even have to release it. Just try it out, you know? And mm-hmm. and I will. I will, for sure. Well, I am looking forward to it. And you must let us know the MPP listeners, I'm sure, would love to check it out when you do create it. So um, we're looking forward to it. So uh, have you ever had uh, any sort of story that's like film related? It could be like something uh, embarrassing or funny or just like scary, a story um, while shooting film. Um, Yeah, so I have a very embarrassing story. Um, One of my friends, she had her um, art show. It was her exhibition. She was graduating and um, she had her sculptures on display and I was like, oh, let me, you know, let me, let me take your pictures next to, let me take your picture next to, to your sculptures. And she's like, yeah, for sure. So I took my RB67 and apparently you, you can't shoot the RB. You can't fire the RB if the dark slide is in. Oh yeah. Apparently. But I don't know if I have a defective film bag or something. And I was just so excited so I forgot, I shot an entire roll of film with the dark slide in. Oh, shoot. That's terrible. <laughs> did I, you know, make a very rookie mistake, but I did not get any pictures. So I let her down and, and that was just, I don't know, that was the most terrible thing. It was really embarrassing. I think I maybe did get one um, picture at the end because I realized I was like, oh, the dark slide is still in there. Huh? Oh. I hope nobody sees me pull it out. The yeah. Oh, and that feeling of dread. It's just, that's the worst feeling. 
when something like that happens to you it's like it wasn't even like I've I lost a roll of film you know like in terms of like I spent like eight eight bucks a roll for for a roll of uh eight dollars for a roll of portrait it wasn't even that it was like I let my friend down you know I took no pictures of her um so yeah that was really embarrassing (laughs) oh no that's terrible I you know I feel like things like that happen to all of us at a certain given time and the stories vary. And that's why I think I really like that. I love when people express their different stories only because I feel like so many of us can relate. (laughs) 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 It's relatable. If you shoot film, there are certain things that are inevitable and that will happen to you at a certain given time. And, uh, you know, just like um, I, I the other day, what's funny, Morgan, is I was even making a whole Insta story on um, double exposures at the canyons. And I'm shooting pictures the whole time. And I get to the end and my camera didn't catch the film. So it was like I was taking pretend pictures. No. <laughs> <I know. laughs> That's a rookie mistake that I haven't made in a long time. <laughs> what camera were you using? You know, it was, um, I. it's one that I don't use that often. Um, it was the Canon T50. And it's one of those that's like an SLR, but it's a, a kind of automatic where you just put it on program. And you don't think about it that much. Mm-hmm. Like a hybrid point and shoot and SLR, one of those. And it just didn't catch. And I just wasn't used to the camera. It just sucks. (laughs) I've been there. I feel you. (laughs) Seriously. So, yeah, that's it's like a part of film. It's like it's part. It comes with the territory, right? (laughs) Yeah, we we know what we sign up for. (laughs) Seriously, we sign up for so much. So and talking about that, because these are all mistakes that happen. What advice would you give a a new film photographer? Uh, A new film photographer, I would just tell them to to shoot freely, shoot what you like. You're going to make mistakes, um, but but don't let that hold you back, because at the end, you know, you're going to produce some beautiful images Film helps you create, you know, these these beautiful colors and you're going to be OK. So shoot freely, but go in knowing that you're going to mess up. But you'll you'll uh, you'll be joining uh, the club. So it's all going to be OK. <laughs> oh, I love that message, Morgan. That made me feel good, too. <laughs> Thank you. I'm like listening. I'm like, yeah. That is perfect. I love that message so much. It has been absolutely amazing talking with you today. Is there anything else that you would like to share with the listeners about the process of shooting film, your work, or anything that I didn't cover? No, I I think we covered everything. Well, it has really been amazing. And um, I'm so happy that we met on Instagram and that you got to be a part of this. Where can people find you online? So on Instagram, I go by Tiffin Sinclair. um, And that's the only place that you can find me on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) And I am at Roxana Log on Instagram and other social media platforms, um, or my shadow account, Galonixor, where I have my black and white work. Um, and today has been amazing, Morgan. Thank you, all the MPP listeners. Um, everybody, stay positive. And shoot some cool film photos. Awesome. Thank you, Morgan. Thank you.
right, folks, we're back for the final segment. And a huge thanks to Mrs. Roxana Angles uh, for continuing uh, her series of interviewing women photographers in our film community and this time with Morgan Messner and be sure to check out her work I will have her Instagram account in the show notes that you can uh, uh, definitely start following and a huge thanks to Morgan for joining uh, Roxana and spending some time to let us know about her film photography experience uh, always always appreciate it and thoroughly enjoy it just love it uh, and Roxana hopefully will be joining us I don't know maybe the next episode I don't know I gotta, I gotta talk to Roxana about this she's on she's on vacation from school, a summer break from school. So uh, maybe maybe we get Roxana back on for the next episode. If not, then certainly very, very soon. Uh, looking forward to having her back on the show. So uh, super, 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 super cool. <laughs> wow. Uh, all right. Let's go ahead and get to a, um, a call-in camera view. Uh, as aforementioned, yeah, there you go. That's a good word for you. I uh, got John Michael Mendeza. He's calling in uh, with a review of the Spotmatic F. Uh, Pentax Spotmatic F. Uh, it's a Pentax. So, hey, a true working man's camera. So that, you know, that excites me. And, and it should excite you, too, if you're a, a, a true working man. So let's check out what Mr. John Michael Mendeza has to say about the Pentax Spotmatic F. Hi, Mike, and hi, negative positive listeners. This is John Michael with another call-in camera review. Today I want to talk about the Pentax Spotmatic SPF. In 1964, Pentax started the Spotmatic line with the original Spotmatic. This was apparently the first camera that offered through-the-lens metering. It was supposed to be a spot meter, as the name would imply, but it actually is more of a center-weighted average meter. Over the next couple of years, they released several variations. There was the SP500 and the SP1000, which were slightly cheaper models. They didn't have the self-timer, and the SP500 only went up to a maximum shutter speed of a 500th of a second. There was also a SL version that didn't have a light meter at all. Later, the SP2 came out. This had the built-in hot shoe on top for using a flash. In 1971, the Electro Spotmatic was released only for the Japanese market, and then shortly after that they released the ES and the ES2 to the world market. These Electro Spotmatics were apparently the first cameras to be able to shoot in aperture priority because they used an electronically controlled shutter. And then the last of the lineup is the Spotmatic F, which came out in 1973 and was the first camera that could use open aperture metering in combination with the new SMC Super Multi-Coated Takumar lenses. So in just those few years between 1964 and 1971, Pentax released several world firsts with its Spotmatic line. Pretty good record for Pentax in those few years. So let's take a look at my camera, the Spotmatic F. It has shutter speeds between bulb one second and then up to a thousandth of a second. Flash sync speed is a sixtieth of a second. It is an M42 mount camera with, as I said, the ability to open aperture meter if you're using the SMC lenses. These lenses have a little square tab on the back that rotates with the aperture setting and that tells the camera what the lens is set to and allows it to calculate the exposure based on that setting rather than measuring the actual light coming through the aperture. Before the Spotmatic F, when you wanted to take your meter reading, you had to close the aperture down to the one you planned to use, check your light, get your meter reading set, then open up your aperture again so you could focus, and then take the picture. With the open aperture metering, you could change the aperture setting of your lens while it still remained open, so you could get your meter reading all set and then focus and take your picture and the camera would do all the calculations for you. Of course you can use other M42 lenses on this camera as well. You just have to push up the little switch. It's on the left hand side when you're looking through the lens and that will turn on the meter and you can just meter as normal and then take your picture that way. Some other features it has are two flash sync ports, an FP and an X sync port on the front of the camera, 
It also has a self-timer lever on the front. You crank it down and then hit the little button on top of it to start the countdown. And on the shutter button, it has a threaded cable release as well as a lock so you don't accidentally take pictures. Also, if you're looking down at the top of the camera, right next to the shutter button, there's a little dot that turns orange when the shutter is cocked so you know if you've already advanced the film or not. To set the ISO, you just lift up on the ring around the shutter speed dial and set it to the appropriate ISO, and you're good to go. Around the base of the rewind knob, there's also a little memory aid where you can set the length of the, your film roll and also black and white color or positive film. So there are a few things you have to watch out for when using these cameras. The first thing that I've found, and I'm not sure if this is generally a problem with the Spotmatic F or if it's just my particular camera, but when I've got a SMC lens mounted to it, it basically leaves the meter on all the time. So the batteries run out really quick if I don't remember to take them out between shooting, which is kind of a drag. Um, I've actually got two of these cameras. One is the Asahi Pentax labeled one, and the other one is the American branded Honeywell Pentax. They're exactly the same camera. It's just that the Honeywell was the company that imported them for the American market. I've got a non-SMC lens on the Honeywell Pentax, and the battery seems to last normally in that camera. Just something to be aware of. Speaking of the SMC lenses, there are a couple of quirks with them as well. To switch it into manual mode, you either have to put it on the camera or push down a little silver pin next to the thread mount in order to be able to switch it over to manual aperture control. Otherwise, it'll just uh, fire when you use the the pin on the M42 mount system. That little pin, the, the little silver one, um, can cause issues if you mount this lens on a Zenit camera. That little pin can lock into the screws holding the mount in place, and the only way to get it off is to either disassemble the lens or the camera. I had that happen on a Zenit, and I was able to get it off, but I had to take out the entire lens block to do that. So it might sound like I'm not a big fan of these cameras because the lenses can cause issues and the battery can cause issues, but actually I really enjoy them, which is why I have two of them. It's a wonderful manual camera with a really simple light meter built in. I'm a big fan of the match needle system. It's so easy and logical to see if the needle's up too high, you're overexposed. If the needle's too low, you're underexposed. I find it a really intuitive system to use. You can easily adjust either your aperture or your shutter speed while looking through the lens and get your exposure right. It's just a great manual camera to shoot with. I've taken them on vacations and used them that way. I've also done some studio shoots with them using the flash. I can just slide my little trigger onto the hot shoe and that works fine. And the M42 mount has quite a few lenses that you can use on it, whether it's your Carl Zeiss lenses or a Helios lens or anything else with an M42 thread, you can mount easily to this camera. So I definitely recommend this camera for anybody getting into manual cameras. If you only want to shoot in aperture priority mode or that sort of thing, you're going to have to look for a different camera. But if you're comfortable shooting manually, this is a great option. And the SMC lenses are fantastic. I've used them on these cameras quite often, as well as adapting them to digital, and they give really nice results. The 50mm 1.4 is just gorgeous, and I also really recommend the 105mm 2.8 lens. It's super compact and lightweight and gives great results. That's it for me. Hope everybody's staying COVID negative and otherwise positive. Go out and shoot some cool film photos. Bye-bye. Well, thank you so much, Mr. John Michael Mendeza, for your call and camera review for the Pentax Spotmatic F. You know, as a huge Pentax fan, uh, did you guys know that? I don't know if you knew that. I, I, I kind of like the Pentax. <laughs> I, I'll actually only have one Spotmatic. I have, like, the uh, original Spotmatic. It's just called a Spotmatic. And uh, mine actually has the... Honeywell Pentax branding that uh, that John Michael mentioned uh, for the American distributor of Pentax cameras back in that day, and I will say uh, uh, I, I would love to have an F because of the uh, uh, the open aperture metering uh, would uh, definitely make it a little more uh, 
probably enjoyable for me because I've shot the, the, the original Spotmatic that I have and it you're talking about slowing you down, constantly having to like press this lever to get the meter activated at the aperture that you've selected. It's, it's uh, I mean, you get used to it, but I would much rather have the F with the open aperture metering. That would be a, it's a definite, bon definite bonus with the F version, F of the Pentax Spotmatic series. But one thing I will say, you know, I love my K1000. I love the K series. Uh, I used to have a KX that I probably dumbly sewed, but you know, it is what it is. You know, we all make mistakes. Uh, but I love my K1000 and all that. And the K series was fantastic. The KX, the KM, all that stuff. Um, but I will say the Spotmatics, man, they, I'm not saying, like, I think internally they're actually very similar as far as like the build quality of the K series or what I have heard. But man, the the advanced lever on a Spotmatic feels does feel better than the K series. Like I do feel like they cheapened the advanced lever, uh, the film advanced lever. I don't know, I know it's such a little thing, but I mean, let's face it, the film advanced lever is something we touch a lot, right? At least like uh, 24 or 36 times a row, right? So, but man, that that advanced lever almost uh, almost in that. Uh, like a sort of a range as far as smoothness so like that's one thing i've noticed about my spot manic man that thing is a real well machined uh, piece of gear right there so uh but yeah i have no idea what spot manics are going for now i haven't been in the market in a long time for buying new cameras but um yeah they're fantastic and and those uh, those m42 mount lenses i mean obviously there's some great lenses um uh, i think um I think it's the classic lenses podcast they speak more highly of some of those old lenses than they do some of the, the later pentax lenses i'm gonna call uh, uh i'm gonna call a uh, hogwash on that i think the, all the pentax lenses are, are, are pretty pretty there's some pretty stellar ones in all all the all the lens ranges but uh they, they particularly seem to like some of those older pentax lenses so there, there you go there's some, something to think about but uh again thank you john michael uh for talking about a true working man's camera a pentax spotmatic spotmatic f and if you guys are out there and you want to send in a call in about anything in your film journey, whether it be a camera review, lens review, any of that, any of that BS, <laughs> any uh, developer reviews, or uh, I don't know, we get like a lot of chemical reviews, like developers, or uh, we really don't even get very many film reviews. That would be nice too. Any anything in your journey, uh, we can we can uh, put those in the queue to get on the air. Just uh, record audio any way you can. Easiest way is on your smarty phone. Just uh, open up your voice recording app and uh, record yourself talking about anything you want to talk about as long as it has something to do with film photography and send that audio file to negpositives at gmail.com and i'll get it in the queue to get on the air so and hey uh like malcolm myers uh email in the earlier in this in this program uh mentioned it'd be really nice to hear what you what you guys think about your legacy your photo photographic legacy what do you think is going to happen to your photos uh when you um go to the next uh, uh <laughs> the next uh, uh, when you yeah when you go to the afterlife so there you go uh, so yeah being uh, that's a little call out for that that little subject too It'd be nice to hear uh, what people think about that so uh, okay what else do we have here um, gotta wrap this show up so let's get to the uh, the coffee donations um, pull this up here we have one donation comes from of course can you imagine who is it well i mean can you guess i bet you can it's mr nigel cliff of course <laughs> thank you so much nigel for your coffee donation he says uh another good show although i missed the references to bodily functions from last week <laughs> well well nigel uh don't listen to that show uh i would like for you to continue to uh uh, donating whenever you get you can and you feel it's necessary but i don't think we're gonna get a donation from you on that particular episode so uh but thank you thank you so much nigel again we love you you know we do and uh just uh, your continued support it just really means a lot and uh, uh yeah you know it's funny i didn't get a lot of pushback on uh the the memorial day weekend show uh uh, the gas show, I should call it. Uh, not a lot of pushback on that. It was kind of surprised me. I keep expecting, keep waiting. I guess you guys are just behind, and I keep waiting for the wave of negative emails to come in, and uh, really hasn't hasn't happened yet. So uh, I'm sure they're coming. They're coming. I'm sure. So <laughs> okay. Um, what else do I have here? Uh, let's see. Um, okay, I guess I guess we can wrap it up. Um, I have a listener music track from who we have to next. It's gonna be from Mark Wellsford. 
and his the title of the track is called What's Left Now. And uh, so we're going to hear from Mark Wellsford uh, a track, original music track called What's Left Now. If you happen to have ever recorded any original music in your life or are, are currently recording any original music, by all means, send your audio files, your music files, as long as it's original. I can't play any like copyrighted crap or whatever. Uh, you can send that in to also negpositives at gmail.com. And I'll put those in the queue to get on the air. I'm getting a little low on the list of music tracks. Got four or five left, I think. So, uh, but yeah. So just letting you know if you happen to make some music, or hey, you know what? Just pick up an acoustic guitar and, and sing a song about film photography, and we'll certainly play that. So, <laughs> but yeah, Mark Wellsford, "What's Left Now," will be the uh, listener music track at the end of this show after I get out the socials. So let's get out the socials. Uh, let's see. You can see my photography on Instagram at Gutterman Photo on Facebook at Mike Gutterman Photography. You can email this program at negpositives at gmail.com. You can join the Facebook group, the Negative Positives Film Photo Podcast Facebook group. We also have an Instagram account uh, under the account name Negative Positives, mostly ran by Mrs. Roxana Angles and Mr. Casey Hall. If you submit photos to um, Instagram, think about the hashtag using the hashtag negative positives, and we will uh, uh, hopefully one of those two will highlight it for all of us to check out. And I completely forgot as I'm recording this, and as a, right now as I'm recording, that Casey Hall has given away a camera on that account, and I forgot to pick a winner and get with him about a winner for that. So I sorry about that. I meant to do that on this show, and uh, I did not communicate with Casey. So. I will try to do that on the next uh, the next show. Uh, so, Casey, if you hear this, uh, I got to get, get get with you on that. We need to pick a winner for your camera you gave away on the Negative Positives Instagram account. So, sorry about that, folks. If you've been waiting for this, waiting to see if you're a big wiener or not, uh, I'll do that on the next show. So, um, uh, yeah, okay. And uh, coffee, you can support this program on coffee. It is ko-fi.com/negativepositives. Uh, we also have a merch site, uh, which is negativepositivespodcast.bigcartel.com. And I recently put some new products up in that, that, uh, in that merch site. And <laughs> one of them is an APS uh, t-shirt that uh, Mr. Johnny Sisson helped me design, or actually he designed, helped me with. Uh, from the Classic Lenses podcast. Thank you, Johnny Sisson, for helping me with that. So we now have an APS uh, t-shirt in the uh in the in the in the merch store and i think uh you know i think we'll sell at least uh uh one of those maybe i don't know <laughs> and there was a hat that was out of stock um and uh as someone tried to order it matt jones actually tried to order it and I, it was no longer being produced so i had to change the dad hat but I, so there's a new dad hat in the uh, merch store as well uh i was looking at the merch store as i was updating it to add these exciting new products and uh, I was looking at the prices and, and looking at the total sales of what we've had on, which is incredible, the amount of uh, stuff that people have bought. And I really appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> I will say, though, we haven't really made a dime off of it. If you look at the prices in the merch store and you're like, man, Gutterman must be rolling in the Leicas with the prices they're charging for these T-shirts and these hats and this coffee mug or whatever. Like, I literally have, have almost lost money on every single sale. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to raise the prices even more to just make a little bit off of it because they already seem a little exorbitant. But the, the way it works is that like I'm going through one company that does the printing and shipping for me, and then another company hosts the uh, you know the, the the store basically. And so by the time you pay the fees to this company, the fees the fee the fees <laughs> the fees to the other company, and then there's PayPal fees and all this. Like I almost. I would say 80% of the time I've lost money on every one of these sales, but I don't care. I don't care. It's not, this thing has never been about making money. And, uh, it's, uh, like if there's somebody out there wearing a t-shirt or a hat or drinking out of a coffee mug that has our logo on it, that's uh, that's, that's payment enough, I guess. So, uh, just letting you know, uh, when you see the prices, we are not, not rolling in dough on that, uh, kind of kind of losing my butt on it to be honest with you. So, uh, okay. And, uh, so let's get to the listener music track. Speaking of music, I uh, probably tonight after I get this thing done, I'm going to be releasing my next uh, album of background music for productions. Volume seven will be on my Bandcamp, which is uh, MikeGutterman.BandCamp.com. I'm going to be putting that out tonight or tomorrow, probably tonight. And so yeah, I got a whole nother album I've recorded over the last week while I've been off. So if you happen to do any YouTube productions, podcasts, or anything where you need some music, anything, hey, maybe you shoot a Super Eight film. 
and you need some music for the uh, for your family vacation. Uh, I don't know how cheery some of this stuff is. Uh, some of it's cheery. You might be able to find some music there you can put there and make your productions a little better or maybe worse, depending on what, what you think about music. But uh, that will be out uh, tonight or tomorrow. Uh, I'll be releasing that new album, and uh, I, I appreciate it. Uh, anytime someone uses it, it's, it's a huge thrill. And I always promote it on this podcast uh, when I find out somebody uses any of my music. And by the way, if anybody out there has used any of my music, and I haven't uh, said something about it on this on this on this podcast, let me know. I want to I want to promote it because it promotes uh, you and me. So selfishly. <laughs> All right, that's enough. That's enough. Stop rambling, Mike. Okay, uh, let's get to. Um, uh, let's let's get to the the listener music track. It'll be Mark Wellsford. What's left now? Uh, right after this. So, uh, folks, everybody have a great week. We will be back, uh, I believe, next week with a full cast, maybe a guest. I don't know. Maybe we'll just have Roxanna and catch up with her and uh, with the with the, the team of Jess and Andre and I. I don't know. I haven't, haven't talked about it yet, but we'll have a show next week, uh, a full gang. And uh, until then, everybody have a great week. Everybody stay positive and shoot some cool film photos.
A Gutter Man Cave Production! <laughs>